This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 137. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas, one babe in the woodsing minute at a time. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. With me are Josh Flanagan. You. And Ron Richards. Hello. I forgot there for a second. 
Yeah. This has been the moment Josh has been waiting for. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> go on. So this minute begins <laughs> with Henry telling Karen that he just can't go into witness protection without her and the kids, and it ends on a cliffhanger with what will happen to Henry if he st- stays out in the streets. We don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. Um, that- so more Ed McDonald giving zero fucks as he... As he lays down, yeah. the I, he's not for... saying them because he's not giving them. I feel yeah. like uh, jo- I feel like we need to cede the floor to Josh so he can have his moment. I feel like are we already? I feel like I have other things before then, but that's fine. No, just go with it. Go with it. All right. Uh, no, no, we're gonna get to it. I'm, I don't want to blow my wall. All right then. So, I I really like that the beginning of this minute, Henry sort of puts everything on Karen. He does this classic guilt trip thing. And he's because she's not sure she wants. She's like, maybe I shouldn't go or whatever. And he's just like, you know, you do, you know, you you do whatever. But, well, yeah, you know. well, yeah, well, that, that that's, that's that, the two things about that. One is that so, oh. so so she it's her talking about how you don't need me and what whatnot, right? And Henry goes into the I can't do this without you and the kids. I need you, whatever. But what I found fascinating is that Henry starts the little monologue or soliloquy about how he needs her. He turns to Karen, the camera cuts to Ed McDonald, and then holds on Ed McDonald for, <laughs> which is, and I know we're watching this minute by minute, and it seems like an eternity, but six to seven seconds of Ed McDonald listening to Henry do this, and kind of awkwardly nodding, and I was like, Looking why, at the ground, yeah. why, why did they stay on Ed McDonald for this? It's amazing. So that was amazing. Uh-huh. And then... They cut back, and Henry's got his hand on Karen's arm, and he's telling her, and then he does, which is my favorite hand motion of all this, where he goes, so that's how I feel, so you do what you got to, and, like, shakes his, like, it's that weird, like... like he like, said, no, he says, he goes, you do whatever, but yep. that's and, it. And, like, shakes his hands and, and then moves away from her, and, like, it's like, wow, he's amazing. It's the Henry <laughs> distortion field all over again. Yeah. yeah. This is, like... This is like the best acting that Leota's done in the movie, I feel like, in this scene. Yeah. Like, he's really putting a lot out there, and it feels very natural, but it's, it's, it's almost over the top. It's cool. Yeah. It's this, uh, that, that hand motion, he takes his hand off her arm, and then he holds out both of his palms and, like, does the one goes up, one goes down, you know? So, so you, do, you do with that. Yeah, I'm done. Like I'm done. Like he I, also like gives him s- sustained eye contact, which might be the first time in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Or he just, I've got a pause where he is just boring into McDonald with his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like how she is all. Karen's also. She keeps saying she she, she says the words. You know, you don't want me. Yeah. She says it several times. Like so, she's trying to convince everybody, including herself. Well, you well. Know, that, this isn't a thing she has to do when she sort of starts to realize the reality of it. Well, what's funny, and we're getting closer to it. Um, I know. In the book, <laughs> how she explains the scene is that she literally says in the book, in Wise Guy, then McDonald started his little blackmail. <laughs> he, said, he, said there, he said there was enough evidence to indict me in the narcotics case. He said I would be on trial. He asked what I thought the effect that might have on the kids. Right? So Karen, in retrospect refers to this as Ed's little blackmail. <laughs> Are you telling me that the criminals and their families have no content, no respect for law enforcement? <laughs> <It's> well, <just> like... <laughs> my note here is that I think that Ed out-hustles both of them. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But he does it yeah. without any lying. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just got his shit lined up so that he's prepared for anything. Yeah. He's, they, he says everything up front, what it's going to be, but he's got them completely. Yeah. And and it's, it's funny because you've watched this whole time... 
pseudo admiring or actually admiring these criminals, and you're just like, oh, he just he just outclassed them. So now, so now here's a qu- here's a question. So you're Ed McDonald, right? So so this happened in 1980, okay? And in this time period, you have put away. And I don't want to spoil later on in the movie, but but the, the, there are other cases that didn't involve Henry, or whatever. But in this time period, you have prosecuted organized crime members. You've put people in jail. You've taken people off the streets. Okay, and sure, there's an article in the Post, and there's an article in the Times, maybe you know, and all this sort of stuff. And they probably got some sort of ribbon, you know, the mayor. Maybe Ed Koch shook his hand. Right? Is this Ed McDonald's victory lap? In the movie? In the movie? Like, is this him? Like, 100%. Yeah, is he just like, I did this, and now I'm in the movie, and everyone's going to see me talking tough to these criminals? Well, not only that, but he gets to recreate the moment, but in the way he probably wished he could have done it originally. Right, yeah. Oh, I wish I had said it. I wish I had said it like this. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he just told them he did. He gets to rub it in. He gets to rub it in. This is rubbing it in for two minutes. Yeah. I did this good. Yeah, he's to great. Which Karen it. says, "But I don't know anything." You don't need me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which Ed strange, says, Josh, "Because which to which Ed says, come on, you don't know anything," which is great. <laughs> followed by, "Don't give me the babe in the woods." <laughs> and don't, don't give, no, don't give me the babe in the woods routine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really love the. Come on, you don't know anything. Oh, that is so New York. Right. So, yeah. and now what's great about the Babe in the Woods routine, which, by the way, is one of the best the line deliveries or whatever, according to Ed McDonald, sure. uh, according to Ed McDonald in the interview in the Wall Street Journal law blog that I read, uh, this scene was improvised, <laughs> and they did it six or seven times, and he he guesses he said Babe in the Woods routine once in those six or seven times. Oh. Yeah, so, he found it. So just ima- that, that, imagine that, that there are scenes of him doing this and improvising and not saying the Babe in the Woods routine. <laughs> oh. I mean, the thing is that – that's amazing, by the way. That's one step further that he's improvising and not reading from a script, by the way. Yep. Just yeah. point that out there. So this line really colors my – like to go back and watch the movie again, it, it, it colors my impression of her the entire time because we spent the entire movie trying to figure out how in on it she was. And what level of denial she was living at? Well, by the end, we figured she was. I mean, she's deep into it, and they they weren't on him with the wiretaps until the end. So, yeah. right. when, he, when he refers to her being on the phone talking about cocaine, they, she was going with Henry to oh, yeah. drug runs in in the hotel. So, yeah, she was fully in by the end. I really feel like when she was saying it, though, she believed it. She said, "I don't know anything." I don't like it. believe it, Josh. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, I, yeah, she. I feel she, like didn't, she believed it. She didn't. Yeah, you know, she didn't question where the drugs were coming from, or she. You know what I mean? Like she didn't know anything. Like Henry just brought the stuff, and it's all him. And yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, bowl of cocaine like, next to the bed just appeared every night, like yeah. like as if of magic. The justifying that she must have done in her life. I mean, it's it's obviously they the whole, the whole Carmela Soprano character is kind of based off of that idea. Right. Um, they explored the same thing, but it's it's really interesting. Right. Because, okay, I mean, so the question is, like, is she a bad person? No. Uh, Depends on your morality. She was, you know, some people would say she she turned her husband into the police immediately as soon as she found out he was a criminal. I mean, that's... If Woody had had gone directly to the police, this would never have happened. Um, But you asked the question if Karen's a bad person. I mean, but but is that, is that, is that whatever, supposing or, or... uh, that Henry's a bad person because Henry's not okay. A bad, let's for the Henry's, sake of argument. Henry's not a bad person. Just <laughs> let's just say for the sake of argument though that he is. 
<laughs> and so then it becomes Josh, 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 Josh. Again, again, you were paint you were painting your bias against the Italian Americans, hardworking guys who are just cutting some She's corners. Jewish. <laughs> you can see, by um, the way, Henry's uh, Jewish star and his necklace prominently in the scene. By the way, which I thought was funny. Just a good half. Yeah. What's funny? He must. He must. Did he have to convert? No. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Wearing it. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. Um. Well, I just like for the sake of argument, say that Henry's a bad guy. Now she's, you know, complicit. She's enabling. She's, you know, like at what point is her, what's her responsibility? She's also protecting her family. True. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real quagmire. I mean, yeah, oh, it, I mean, it's, it's almost as if they live in a, they live in a bubble, right? Yes. And all this stuff is happening. And Henry is bringing stuff from out the outside world into this bubble. And in 1968, it was nice and sunny and wonderful. And as the years have gone on, it has gotten more and more overcast and more and more cloudy to the point where they are just ensconced in darkness. And, and it happens slowly too. Right, it's exactly. Like, all and, of a sudden, like, whoa, when did it become night? And right. just you're already there. So, and I, I don't think Karen um, rationally or uh, purposely did anything to bring the night to her family. I think that, admittedly, I will admit that was all Henry, and all she's done is de- deal with it. Um, you yeah. know, and, 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 like, Henry has created the status quo for her, and the status quo eventually became, you know, cocaine in the sugar bowl and re- hang out with drug dealers and all this sort of stuff, uh, and that happens slowly. It's just like you wake up one day and, like, Jesus Christ. It's not like one day they're addicts. Like, you, know? you don't get yeah. to tell me twice. Yeah, no, exactly. So I can't imagine that the mafia looks well on divorce. Well, well, one number one, Connor. As we've said, a hundred. Right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, there, a. There's no such good thing. Uh, no such thing as the mafia. And number two, as Paulie said, we are not out of Mali. So, <laughs> so uh, before we move on, the term "babe in the woods" goes back to 1595. A ballad called "The Children in the Woods," which is about two young orphans who are abandoned in the woods and then die. Okay. So that's where the term comes from. It's been used to, uh, to connote innocence, doe-eyed innocence, since 1595. Right. Well, and it's and, been and it's been Ed McDonald that whole time. Karen's got some doe-eyed innocence here. Uh, yeah, and then and then and Ed just drops. She Look at her eyes. She's got the hard eyes going. Yeah, I know. So she Ed is. Ed goes into just a straight. I mean, if this is improvised, like he's. Got, I mean, he he did it for life. I mean, he's got. It, he knows what he's yeah. talking about. But he lays out what's going to happen. Yeah. Like what's going to happen, and then we get the overlay of uh, Jimmy getting arrested in a in a very bad top, which feels really jarring at first. Because yeah. the other scene's still going on, so it just feels it's kind of a bold move. It's sort yeah. of non-traditional yeah. storytelling in that sense. So yeah. uh, they're still doing some interesting cutting right up to the end of this, which is yeah. kind of cool. I like how Jimmy is walked out with, you know, perp walked from his storefront in Gowanus or wherever it yes. is. Sorry. Same place. Same warehouse, place. Warehouse, yeah. yeah. It's, and so a, it's, the, it's the swag room. He's wearing some that, that you know that fuzzy velvet kind of shirt. Like it's not terry cloth, but it's like that similar kind of seventies material. But I also like the fact that as he walks, you can see that he's got a lit cigarette. He's handcuffed and he's still holding the cigarette. Well, yeah. Well, waste it. Yeah. We're not at a Molly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and I also like all the, you know, there are lots of feds around, but then there's also just guys on the street watching it happen. And they look. Of in course. The this is New York. Yeah, exactly. So. Right uh, there. Yeah. 
So it's all coming. To, it's all coming to a head here. Yeah, this is. It's over. What's what's all what's also interesting is that in real life, when this meeting happened with Ed McDonald and Karen and Henry, uh, Karen's mother is sitting outside in the waiting room. What are those people doing in there? Well, which is which is funny because you know in the book, Karen says my mother had been waiting outside McDonald's office with the kids. She was very upset. She wanted oh, she's Henry with the kids. That's even worse. Yeah, I know. Uh, she started yelling about Henry, how he had never been any good, how he had brought all this upon us. So there you go. <laughs> well, he's not Jewish. You know what these people are like? <laughs> oh, man. She was not wrong. She was not not wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, have anything, I have nothing else for this minute. It's the same minute as last week. Yep. Or yeah, last yesterday. I don't know what's going on. David the Woods. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that like yesterday's episode, legitimately bronchial. Today's episode, Babe in the Woods. Right. Oh, uh, there's so another one for tomorrow. There's another don't one for tomorrow. Start. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so don't you, don't you. This week, this week is a lot of little moments, little moments yeah. as we wind Oops. down. So <laughs> jerk off. All right. I don't have anything else. So I got the fuck count is zero. All right. I like how Ed delivers this. Ed, Ed doesn't curse. He's a he's professional. Shop. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a stand-up guy. He here's a que- here. I'll posit a quick question for you guys before we wrap up. Is in fact the hero of this movie Ed McDonald? Yes, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Is this entire movie just one big lead-up to the last ten minutes when you realize that it's U.S. Attorney Ed McDonald's story? <laughs> that's what he had. That's. That's what he said in his head as he was getting ready for this. Exactly. Scene. <laughs> not, not, if, not if you ask Bo Deedle. He's got. <laughs> Ed's got the he's got the the tissue in his collar as he's getting his makeup done, and he's looking at himself in the mirror, and he's like, "This is your moment. <laughs> this is all you. This is all this you. Is it's story. it's all come to this. Make him realize Bo- it's all your story. You're the one. You're the hero." And then Bo Deedle walks in. He's not even shooting that day, but he hey! just seems to be there. Hey, he goes, hey, call him a dickhead. I did it. it. Works great. Marty loves it. You call him a dickhead. Just like be like really condescending we're and like g- touch him a lot. We're gonna be movie stars, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> what I love is that now for 10 years from 1990 onward Bo Deedle will call Ed McDonald on a regular basis hey Ed hey let's go out you know and Ed is just like oh Deedle leave me alone it's- <laughs> I'm here with Johnny Roast Beef Ed the phone's for you again it's- yes it is just come pick it up we're at Rayo's no, come on Ed you never come to Rayo's we got a table we got the pasta we got the bread we got the wine Ed why don't you come hang out with us at Rayo's Johnny Roast Beef is gonna be there <laughs> he's always there he's always oh, there Bo oh what Mr. Tony's too good for us <laughs> I could imagine. Now I'm going to be sad that that doesn't happen. I could I could spend hours imagining Bo Deedle's life as he's just calling people <laughs> to hang out. <laughs> you mean who is it? It's Bo. It's Bo. It's your buddy Bo Deedle. Uh. Hello. <laughs> bye bye, fucko. <laughs> is that it for minute one thirty-seven? Yeah. Anything else? That's a bonus there for the people at home. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow for minute one thirty-eight. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. To support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash GFM or you can go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support. You can shop via Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, or if uh, you know that Bo Deedle and uh, uh, U.S. Attorney Ed McDonald hang out, email us at GoodfellasMinute.com. And uh, until tomorrow...
Um, call I, I, gotta, I gotta... Oh, bye. Call us, Bo. Bye, fuckos. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.